Hey everybody, Raylan Casper White here with another very exciting episode of X-Ray. I'm super excited. I am here today with Nisim Black, uh, formerly known as Damian Black. Is that correct? That's correct. That was a long time ago, right? Feels like another lifetime. Yeah, it was definitely another lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little backstory here, uh, and then you know, why don't you tell me a little bit? I know that you were born in S Seattle, correct, or am yeah, I wrong? Yeah. Born in no, Seattle as Damian J Jamal Jamal Black. Yeah, yeah Damian um, Jamal. You're a youngster. I know you have like 26 children, but you're like 35, so you're a young. <laughs> um, so give me a little background, because um, right now, as you can see, you're a you're a is it a Hasidic Jew or is it not? Because yeah. I don't know the differences between the. Orthodox. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Hasidic. I'm Hasidic. Okay. And uh, yeah, originally from Seattle. I uh, was born and raised there. Uh, grew up as an inner city kid, you know what I'm saying? Um, in the urban, urban Like projects? Like, not in the projects. In Seattle, we do have some projects, but you know, I think people will kill to live in those projects instead of living in other the projects that Got are going it. on. You know, they were like the, up, the people, yeah, the upgraded, upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. just upgraded anyway in Seattle, you know, so it's a nice, nice facade. Anyway, okay. um, I but I did grow up with the streets at my house. Both my mother was a drug dealer, my father was a drug dealer. Uh, I always say, like any good Jewish boy, I joined the family business very early on. Um, <laughs> I was already selling at twelve, at nine at years 12. old. At twelve, well, it does give you like business acumen. You know what I mean? Like you know how to right? I feel like you're getting. You know, I'm just saying, it does give you skills for life to some extent, right? You're running a business, you're getting, you're Definitely. haggling and stuff. You definitely know how to sell things. I, I will sell a good etrog. If I really got in the etrog business, I may be the king of selling etrog during the time of scope. But anyway, I you know what? The truth is, is that when you're in that box of that world that you don't really see outside of it. So, yeah. you know, I thought all I could be was what I saw from the adults that were around me. So I was really locked in. It wasn't until I was like 13 that I started going to like a after-school program that really helped kids get off the streets and different things like that. Like I, I well, wasn't who initiated, um, since your mom was dealing drugs, I guess, I'm assuming they were both users and, and dealers right. or just, okay. So obviously yeah. if they were kind of strung out, who did you have a, a family member that was like, we got to get him out of this situation or the foster care system or, no. or the after school program? No, they weren't like so strung out. My mother was like addicted to narcotics, you know. Okay. Um, my 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 stepfather at the time, I mean, he mostly was smoking weed and, and drinking and like, you know, those, those type of things like that. Okay. Like today, I, I'm going to be straight up with you. I, you know, I done had a few talks with a few boys over here. My mm -hmm. brother-in-law the same. Like all this new drug taking going on right now that I'm seeing, even in the black community, the right. fentanyl and the fentanyl, man. All that's other, scary. What's all, all psychopharmacology, things? man? It's a whole other uh, level. I'm saying this stuff's like crazy and I, I'm, I'm gonna be straight up with you. No offense to anybody, but I'm gonna keep yeah. it real. Please. I always grew up knowing these are white people drugs. We smoke weed, okay? okay. We may have drank beer or, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Drink alcohol, but just like once the wider it gets, apart from crack cocaine, cause I am a crack baby. But okay. apart from these type of things, like we just like didn't grow up like trying and experimenting things. And the only people we knew was like, just, you know, the other white kids. So you had the crack cocaine, heroin right. or no? Was heroin, <laughs> heroin in that community? Heroin also was in okay. our community. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not to disparage your comment, but I feel like crack and heroin are pretty up there too. They're not exactly no, Tylenol, sure. right? Crack I mean, cocaine, okay. I would say heroin, 
But that was like after you got older, like you know what I'm saying? Like when you're, okay. you're a young kid, that was after like, you know what I mean? You just couldn't get a high. You had to have your bar mitzvah before you kicked it up a notch <laughs> to the heavier <laughs> shit, right? You did weed until bar mitzvah and then you're like, now we can graduate to uh Right, right. Yeah, right. no, I gotta so, tell you, and all that kind of I mean the 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 problem and this is a whole other conversation, but the problem right. with and I have a lot of I know a lot of people that are hooked on that shit. Um, mm -hmm. it starts out sometimes, obviously not as an addiction as back pain. I mean, I don't know, like that's the yeah, scary part. Yeah. The fact that it's no. kind of, you know, it's always that double standard of what's legal and what's not and big right. pharma, you know, stigmas, there's deadly stuff. I mean, you know, there's berries in nature that are deadly. I always hate when people go, yes. well, this is, it's healthier for you. It's, it's from nature. I'm like, you can eat shit in nature that will kill you in four minutes. So don't give me that shit. God knows what he's doing. God gave us like strawberries and then gave us, you know what I mean? Dingleberries, whatever. Right. So. Right, I'm just right. saying. Um, so you <laughs> grew up, you were dealing drugs, but you weren't doing drugs. You were just dealing them. You were keeping it yeah. clean, which is I kind of weird. I smoked weed from nine years old until I was 13 years old. By the time That's I was 13. Okay. Okay. Nine to 13. Yeah. Then you, what happened at 13 that made you stop? I, I, I got a hold of something that was just way too strong for me. All I knew is I woke up in a park. And mm. after that, I wouldn't touch anything else. I had I had anxiety from from right. from from that moment. I never touched it again. That's uh, amazing, though, that you got to that point without role models in the home. You know right. what I mean? Like I think right. that's kind of amazing because I feel. Did you have any older siblings that could have been role models, or was everybody kind of doing the same shit? No, I had everybody. All my siblings were on my on my father. My biological father was not in my house. Now he himself, okay. he also was a you know was in the same business, and he ended up changing his life and became like a you know Christian minister, and then he moved oh, on wow. to a pastor. Now he's a doctor today and teaches and Good educates you know Christian religion. So he himself actually had this major transformation. So, but I wasn't in the house with him, but he I have other you know another okay. five siblings by him that I didn't grow up with in the house. But you know they're around, and I I don't think that there was any one person that was able to look at. I maybe had one cousin, my cousin Marcus, my cousin Dion. They were like sort of, you know, my cousin Marcus had both his mother and his father at his house. You know, what I'm saying kind of right. grew up in a more different type of situation, and that really has a, it really has a, a an effect on how you grow up, especially in the black right. community, everybody's community. But yeah, I mean, look, I grew up in a broken home and it fuck, I'm still in therapy 35 fucking years <laughs> later. You know what I mean? That shit doesn't go away. I'm like, why am I still talking about what happened when I was seven? But that <laughs> shit, you know, so I like Marcus and Dion. I'm assuming they're good people. Good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very good. People, good Marcus and Dion. Okay. Um, right. This is amazing. I'm, I'm amazed. So, so, okay. But another thing I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because rap music, you know, and I know it's evolved, but back in the day, and I, I don't know the history, but I know gangster rap, and then it kind of took a turn and now it's more like bling bling and you know then there's like but was that something that you felt um helped take people out of dire situations or sucked them deeper in because they were glorifying violence and gangster life and you know what i mean like how, how did rap music in your life how did they enmesh the rap music it just you know i mean from nwa coming in i think it was the late 80s already late 80s early 90s mm -hmm. the nwa that spun when rap went from being you know more political you know went from just talking about nothing partying and, and just regular life you would have you know um you know grandmaster flash furious five yeah come with it yeah it's so much stuff it's like a juggle sometimes it makes me wonder how i think i'm going on that why i keep from going on like that's a different contrast to i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna stab you you know right. what i'm saying we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna ride like these type of things people don't really pay attention that at some point rap transformed 
and and the things that started to get signed was only things that were about like killing people and right. and, and and drugs and different things like that so i i think that that has had the biggest impact and the been the most detrimental thing on the black community I think, I think so. so. Okay. I think so. By far, by far. I, I, you know, I understand. I was a part of that world, you know, mm -hmm. to some degree. But looking at it, I think it really brings people down because you, 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 go back into that box that I said that I thought yeah. that I had to be in a certain place because every time I'm presented another person that looks like me, this is this is what they're talking about. This is right. what they talk. This is right. what they do. You know what right. I mean? And I rarely ever get to see something different than that, especially in, you know in in media and Hollywood, whatever. So that 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 was very very much so something I felt like uh, held me back, and I think that is holding a lot of other people back also. Do you feel like though on not on the flip side? Because I totally get what you're what you're saying. I think look, violence and glorifying violence permeates American culture in general. So you know what right. I mean? It's like you said, oh, movies. Stefano. Yeah, yeah. We that double going. standard between <laughs> sex and violence and, you know, God forbid you see a, a, a titty on screen, but, you know, you can mm -hmm. shoot 66 people like that to right. me is always like a, a weird dichotomy. Mm -hmm. But but the success of 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 um, of black rap, you know, black rappers and reaching some sort you know, a status, a higher status. Do you think that also, though, instilled hope in, in some kids that go, even if I come from like a shitty upbringing and a shitty background and I have very low self-esteem and I come from a broken home and drugs? I can still get out of it because look at look at these other people. You know what I mean? Look at people that came from. I know. I don't know. Jay Z sold drugs, didn't he? At some absolutely. point in his yeah, life. Absolutely. So, so on the other hand, psychologically, maybe that gives some kids hope because if it wasn't out there, they're going to be like, I'm always going to be in the you know in real life in this box, not just in you know. So I don't know. Absolutely. I'm just saying. Um, absolutely. I definitely. I be, I definitely feel that way. I've always said that way. I've always said that once you've seen people like Jay Z. Or you you've seen you know Oprah 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 Winfrey or you seen yeah. some someone in that position? Did Oprah deal drugs? I don't know if she sold drugs, but okay. I don't think she was not from you know the you know the. She the, wasn't from right her the bazillionaire stat right. Exactly. She she you know so when you see things like that, if if a person's smart enough and if they're keen enough, they'll look at that and say. Well, then how come you're telling me I can't make it? How come you're telling me that I can't, I can't achieve? The yeah. problem is that most people don't see it because they're over flooded with the little this and the little that and the young oh, this and the young. Yeah, well, life will get you, stop. man. You, you can't know? breathe, so, you know? So it's much, yeah, exactly. So it's much easier to gravitate to that than it is to look at them and say like, hold on, this person is also successful, you know? Right. I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not such a, I'm not such a political guy. I'm usually, um, I'm usually a one I would say one issue voter, but I don't really vote that much. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you can't say that now. Got elections coming up. What's the ninth election, election of the year? Jesus. Oh my so God, listen, what a shit the, one thing, the one thing I look at all the time usually is Israel. I don't care. I just want to know what people's foreign policy is. Israel the right. only thing that matters to me. Obama. Oh my was God, I have so much to talk to you about. You are so fucking fascinating. First of all, congrats. <laughs> I know you have a a show in development. Right. You got your motherland bounce thing going. So I know they're going to tell your whole story there, but we're going to break it all down here because I am fascinated. And okay. I, I, okay. I know that you're kind of you took a journey and I love, you know, um, it's interesting. interested also vocally listening to you. You know, when you first started talking to me, I could I could see the rabbi. You know what I mean? Like I talk like this, that, and we got this, and the Rebbitzin, and we're talking about the Gemara and the, the, the Midrash, and I can feel it. And then suddenly, when you're talking about Seattle, we're kicking a little bit back. You know what I mean? Because you have so many lives in you, and I think yeah. that you know, 
I know a lot of people, uh, not a lot, I probably slept with a few at some point, but I know a bunch of people that became Orthodox Jews. Mm-hmm. They were Jews to begin with. Like you, you came yeah. from a whole other world. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes people that come into the Orthodox Judaism and they're getting to like hardcore, they feel a need to abandon their former life or like distance themselves from it, maybe because it scares them that it still can permeate or they're trying hard to kind of stay, you know, but you can't deny who's who's in you and your life and, and, and it makes you a much richer human and I'm sure a believer too, right? You're bringing all these different aspects, but did you feel a need to adapt? Because it's a very conformist religion in a lot of ways, right? The dress, the rules, it's a very restrictive religion in, from the outside at least, you know, there are a lot of rules and regulations and things. So tell me about that struggle. What worked for you? Did it give you safety to kind of adapt all these rules? And what did you struggle with when you slowly started coming into this process? Very good question. Um, so for me, I, I, I didn't really look at it as a way as like, you know, somebody was pushing me to conform, you know? So even when I started taking on the Hasidic dress, I was in Seattle where there was like only one other Hasidic person apart from Chabad, you know? So it wasn't right. like uh, I started because I was in a community. Now I felt this pressure to try to, 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 to learn. And now even that I'm in a community with everybody else, you know, for sure, up until the last few comments, I was for sure the only guy in the neighborhood wearing Yeezy still. So, but the truth is, like I never thought, I never thought to myself that now I have to go try to do something that I'm not. There was just certain things that I noticed that I took that I took note of, right? So like as I was on this journey and I was growing, there was a major transformation going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. The way that I started to look at the world started to become very very different. So I started to notice things, right? So like when I was dressed for work. To, to go on my way to work. I was working in property management for, for a while. Like after I kind of backed away from the music, I was trying to figure out what in I was Seattle? In Seattle? In Seattle. And I noticed like when I went to the to the store and I wasn't dressed like I used to dress, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Even, even the other people from the hood treated me differently. You mm. understand what I'm saying? They yeah. treated me differently as opposed to where if I was dressed like them, then, you know, I may, I may run into a problem just because, you know, I, they thought I looked a certain way. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So those type of things I, I started to notice on my own as I, as I started to grow. Did um, they make fun of you? Did you end up going back to your old neighborhood a lot? Or once you kind of yeah. get orthodox, you moved to like the Jewish neighborhood? Yeah. You know, people started calling me Jupac Shakur and- well, that's uh, cute. Jew- Juchi Main and everything else, you know, like I got, I got a few things, a few names or whatever. I think after time, you know, uh, and that's just come, that just comes with being from where you're from, you know what I'm saying? Right. You don't know right. how to take heat. You, you can't, yeah. You can't. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, not, most of that wasn't direct. You know, I was like seeing stuff online, you know, from people that I grew up with and, and stuff like that. So it was good for me that I made a decision. Me and my wife made a decision just to get away from everybody. Like, you know what I mean? We just got away from everybody because I feel like a lot of times you won't get to know who you are until you get away from your, from your environment that's telling you what you're supposed to be. You understand what I mean? So that was good for us. And then, you know, moving in to to the to the Jewish community, at least actually when I moved to Israel, I came here. um, There's definitely a lot of things that are culture shock, you know, because even as much transformation that you've gone through and you've grown, you still got to get used to people seeing the world different than you do. Like if you bump me 
and step on my shoes and all that. Like, I'm supposed to be like, okay with that. That doesn't mean you want to fight. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you cut me in line. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> no such thing as a line. These are a lot of things that are cultural differences, especially coming from Seattle where it is just like very politically correct about everything you do. No one's, you know, no, you go, no, you go. It's like to move to Israel. It's like, complete opposite you know i always say in israel it's like aggressive passive you know what i mean um so it's very interesting um to have that type of transformation and i think even when it comes into like the the jewish very jewish things there wasn't a lot of things that tripped me up because i fell in love with god i was like i was like really on like a love affair thing with god like this is what i it, it encapsulated my whole entire thing so everything new that i found out that i had to do I did it. I did it willingly because I fell in love with God. That was my that was my whole. And it wasn't until like recently that I would look back and I would go like, "Wow, I can't believe it. I'm seeing so many different people struggling. They, you know, may have been Jewish, like you know, you know, what I mean, their whole life, and 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 they may have been even raised and they're struggling with things that like for me was not a struggle for me. And I came from way over there, but I think that that I had the and since I wasn't brought up being told you have to. I was being, for me, it was a you get to. Judaism was a you get to do this. So I think that that made shape the way that I seen things. Okay. So I know you kind of covered the trifecta of monotheistic religions, right? You were born Muslim, but you mm -hmm. weren't really practicing, right? At some point, you got no, I was, converted to Christianity. I was born, no, I was born, I guess, nothing. <laughs> and then okay. I got into Christianity, um, I got into Islam because my grandfather came to live with us when I was around eight years old. Okay. He was a Muslim. He was a Muslim convert. He, be, he became Sunni uh, while he was in prison. He spent, unfortunately, he spent most of his life in prison. Oh, wow. So he um, came to live with us on his probation period, and that's when he taught me Islam. So I was about eight years old, I think, around that time. And then he ended up going back to prison, unfortunately, where he was until the rest of his life. Mm. And then when I was 13, I started going to a Christian um, after school program that I was mentioning early that really helped me, you know, uh, yeah. stay out of trouble, got, got me out of a lot of trouble. So there I converted to Christianity. And then, you know, time would have its turn. I would go through high school and all that. I was very, very strong Christian, by the way. It wasn't like I was just like a little bit. Like I was a Bible You thumper, were like, Jesus serious. is the man. Jesus yeah, is exactly, the man. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. In fact, I had it tattooed on my on my, on my my arm, even on both sides. I'm sure that you had that removed, didn't you? Wouldn't yeah, that be yes, weird I, going to like hanging out with the Hasidic <laughs> Jews and like getting showered in the whatever, the, the man mikveh where you go get, and you're like, here's Christ on the cross. Here's another Christ on the cross. How you doing? Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> so yeah rabbi didn't want that and it was it was actually that. too much it was actually too much for me to <laughs> get it removed because because where i was the the people that had the you know the machines they didn't have them sophisticated enough to be able to work with black skin black skin people, right, right yes the the machines are racist so therefore i had to go and get a tattoo oh, over no. the tattoos that are i you had from the rabbi told me, I hey, listen, <laughs> okay, would you do this? Got to be covered up or smothered up. It's got to go. So I, you know, I had to, I had to go get more tattoos right. on top of the tattoos. I love that. Like, you are the only, you are the only guy in your community with like double tattoos to begin with and double tats, right? Double tats. So I have to ask you, if you just break it down for me, because I won't ask you to show me, even though I'm dying to see it. No. But if you I'm had Jesus trying. on the cross, or you had just a cross, or what do you have there, and what is it now? Is it like a tree of life, or Adam and Eve hanging out? Like, tell me what it is now. <laughs> That's funny. On one side, I had 
a, a Jesus face, like a Jesus piece, right. like type right. thing. Was he a black uh, Jesus or was he the Caucasian? I, well, he really didn't have any choice. He was on my arm. Um, so, Fair enough. so what happened was, as we, he had, he had a really nice perm though. Very Did nice he have perm. a nice perm? Oh, Very nice oh, perm. Oh, that's great. Oh. I'm happy that was great. That. Anyway, but the it was there, and then <laughs> what happened was I covered it. I, it was like very hard to figure out what to cover it up with, so we just covered it up with a bush of roses, it's just okay. a bush of roses, That's roses. Right. So we That's took the right. everything. We kind of like artists really worked it out. On the other side, I had like praying hands, and it said the Messiah Christ or something like that right, on you there. You had to put Christ. You couldn't just put the Messiah. You had to put Christ in there. I, Come I on, I know, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. So then what happened was <laughs> that I turned that in to an eagle with wings hanging on its back, sitting on a branch, you know, wow. looking off so far. So we sort of, we figured it out. We turned like the oh, hands I have in, to see those at into some wings. Point. I'm sorry, you have to share that with me. Um, and what, so, okay, so the eagle is on a branch and on the branch it says the Messiah Christ Long live. Oh, no, okay, no it's covered. It's all, it's covered. all gone. Okay. All and did covered. your wife have any tats she had to contend with? No, my wife tattoos anything. No way. Nothing. She was like, a. I mean, you know, say even I think people that are real staunch, serious, serious Christians also wouldn't get tattoos also. Right. But like, you know, there's like groups, you know, where yeah, they're a little yeah, bit more yeah. reformist. They, they will get, get get tattoos. So I was hanging out over there. My wife grew up very tra traditional, oh, okay. down yeah, south. Yeah, she's on this journey way. with you. She loves you. Yeah, she yeah, told she you definitely. she's like, I want to be a Jew too. She just wanted to be with you. Come on. She would have been like, I don't have the energy for this and this conversion <laughs> process and the rabbi asking me 66 questions. Come on now. I don't want to have 26 more children. But she no, did. She... <laughs> Good for her. How many have? Seven? Yeah, I have seven. I have Night. seven. I have seven. Seven children. Seven children. Wow. Now, hey, listen, God and my wife teamed up on me. Yeah. Um, so what happened was after all of this, you know, kind of had this stint of me, you know, went back sort of to the gangster rap. I started, you know, hanging with probably Christian, the wrong you crowd. The Christian rap, you decided. Yeah, you know, I was doing Christian rap for a little bit, and okay. then you know I got offered this uh, contract with Virgin Records, you know, and oh, they wow. wanted gangster rap. That's what they wanted, you know. That's I was only, one. what. 18 16 17 i think or something like right. that when we first started talking with the label um and i did the stint of demos and all this other stuff and they ended up pulling out on me my mother died of an overdose unfortunately oh, during that time so that was very very hard for me and then i released my first album i just did it independent but i i did it from the gangster records that i was working on and sending back and forth with this label and um and it sort of put me in that box already. So it's like now if you put it out, you got to like you got to yeah. be that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was trying to balance this like, no, really, but I'm a Christian, but I, no, no, it, mm -hmm. it, it didn't work. You can't. You, it it you just can't. doesn't yeah, work. Right, 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 right. You got to figure it out. So that led to a, a, like a beef with another artist and it came turned into a kill or be killed situation. A friend of mine tried to go take his life because oh, he made God. a diss song on me. Um, and they thought I sent somebody to kill him. So it was either they were going to come try to take my life or I had to go and try to take theirs. And that will let you, you, you figure out one or two things. You'll figure out if you're really as gangster as, as you're saying that you are. Um, and or you're going to figure out how much of a, of a wimp you really are. And I was a wimp. And, and you'll, also, you'll also either find that gangster or you find religion. <laughs> That's what I did. I decided to <laughs> decided to find religion. So I just Join stayed home. Join the gang or find praying. a shul. <laughs> right, That's exactly. the rule of thumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but really was, I just, you know, I, it wasn't straight into Judaism. It was like me staying home. I prayed and under the context of what I knew as a, as a right. Christian. Right. Uh, you know, and 
And I got the call from the other guy. We squashed the beef. And I realized for me, that was a miracle because so many things would be dead in, in our neighborhoods yeah. if guys actually had a conversation. So we had to have that. We got the opportunity to have that conversation. So after that, I stayed home and I just stayed praying. I, I opened up my Bible again. I became a Bible thumper. And this one thing is very, very hard to ignore certain things when you're picking up the Bible and you keep seeing mm -hmm. about the Jews, you're seeing about Jerusalem, you're seeing what's going on. Oh, all interesting. The, the so the Christianity brought you to Judaism because they're like, oh, oh the Jews absolutely. were here first. On a silver platter. Yeah. <laughs> they knew that. Christian missionaries would be like, oh, shit, we're doing something wrong. We got it. We get, we're doing something wrong here. Um, I mean, look, at least, well, you know. I, I think it happens that way. I would say most, not, not most, the overwhelming majority of Jewish converts were first Christians. And not just like they were just like, oh, we're kind of Christians. They were serious Christians. I have right. yet to meet a lot of Jewish converts. Like there's maybe some, you know what I mean? But the overwhelming majority were very, very serious. A lot it's of them It's interesting were to me because I, I try to wrap my head around that because when you're a devout Christian, you believe in the same God as the Jewish God. You just believe that Jesus, right, is the son of God. And Jews are like, no, he was just a dude that was hanging out, right? So... <laughs> It's like, no, no, but I think they believe a lot of most most Christians believe Jesus is the God of Israel. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Uh, he's one third of a Godhead, and so already that starts. It gets a little the, sticky. It gets a little sticky with little the Jewish. Sticky. But the easier thing with Christianity is you have um, visuals, right? You have visual aids, right? I think people need mm -hmm. something to grasp onto. I think that Judaism mm -hmm. is more challenging because you really are. It's all faith, right? Judy, you know, Christianity. Mm -hmm. You got this is the dude. He's relatable, flesh and blood, died for me, you know, hung out, had a new mm -hmm. prostitute, whatever, mm -hmm. things that people know mm -hmm. and do, right? Mm -hmm. We can all relate mm -hmm. to that. But mm -hmm. Jesus, Judaism, you're like, and the churches, I mean, let's be honest, churches are nice. I just went to Paris. Oh, church, like, church, church, nice. down. Most church synagogues, you're like, yeah, it's like a hut. You know what I mean? So you, it's, it's kind of, it smells a little like, you know, a little, I don't know, a little like human foot in there sometimes <laughs> on the summer when it's crowded, it gets a little pungent. But churches, you got these, you know, because churches had a lot of money. I don't know where they got right. it from. That's a different question right. for a different podcast. But you go in and you're like, wow, like you're in awe. And and uh, I think that's the power of Judaism, right? You have to kind of really tap right. into internal faith. It's a lot harder, right? Yeah, so yeah, my question to yeah, you yeah. is, um, what, did you wake up and say Jesus was just a dude? Um, you know what I mean? At one point. And then the second, my second question is, did you, uh, what made you go specifically to Hasidic Judaism? Because you could have just easily been like, I want to live as a Jew and do the traditions and, you know, in mm -hmm. my own way. But you chose right. a path that is very, very specific. Yeah. So I didn't just wake up and be like, oh, he's just a dude. No, there was actually, there was a little bit of a, of a divorce there that, that mm -hmm. had to come from, you know, me learning more and more uh, and feeling like that this initial revelation got, God gave that every that at least all three of these Abrahamic religions all agree to, right? right. Uh, Islam, you're not gonna find Muslim that tell you that that Moses didn't get the get the Torah from God on Mount Sinai, and mm -hmm. Christian definitely wouldn't. It's the foundation of both of their faith, right? So there's these things that were undeniable, and then for me, it was sort of like, why would God like do this? thing where he like just majorly like changed the whole entire thing there was like no mention of anything like this i know christians they read the bible backwards and they they read jesus into a lot of things but th that and and that's and that's to some degree their advantage because they they have the the last part of you know their book right mm -hmm. but 
so which put Jews at a disadvantage, which I actually think is an advantage, not a disadvantage. And I'm saying in terms of that argument where they only have the first half of the book and there's nothing to read into it. So therefore, anything now, everything that they have brought looks completely like foreign, doesn't even look like it, it mm. belongs. So because it doesn't. So but the reason the, the so the thing for me was trying to figure out why it was that God would have changed his mind because a lot of these things didn't happen. Like, you know, a sacrifice or why does somebody have to be a sacrifice? Because the sacrifice was only if, you know, you sinned on an accident, a sacrifice you didn't have. If you did it on purpose, you did it on purpose, you gotta go stand before God and tell him the truth. You did it on purpose. Right. And everybody agrees. So, you know, so a lot of things started to change for me and I started to see the, the, the miraculous thing of the Jewish people. That is like that. I didn't have Jewish history. Like I said, I'm from the hood. We didn't grow up learning Jewish history. I didn't know anything about the Holocaust until I, until mm -hmm. I started learning Judaism. Until I started right. learning about Judaism, I did, I did not grow up. Nobody taught me this in school about yeah. the Holocaust. How could I not know such an important piece of history? So anyway, so I'm looking at all of this. I started reading, you know, Mark Twain's quotes when he when he was there. Like I really sat with those and kept reading them over and over again. I had a book called, you know, Jewish History, the little white book or whatever. I started going through all these things and I'm looking, I'm like, the only way, and I was a big Bible thumper. Like I lived inside the prophets. Like I loved learning all the prophets, even though you know everything that's going on, but I loved right. it because most Christians that, you know, um, are really into it. They love eschatology, like end time stuff, what's going to be, what's going to be. End and of one days, thing that you, right? Yeah, Shaggy, the end of days, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the one thing I kept seeing is that God's basing, what he's doing is he's basing the integrity of his entire existence on the Jewish people. Because in order for any of this to be true, there has to be Jews at the end of days. He said, I'm going to make you few in number. You're going to be spread all throughout the whole entire world. You're going to be hated by other people. Like, I'm like, I'm seeing all of this in real life. It's not like it's something that's for fake. You understand? Yeah. So when you see, when you started to see things like that, it became a matter of who's telling the truth, right? With, 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 with other, with other religions, I saw a big difference in the fact that the Bible, the Jewish Bible was coming alive before my eyes and it was solely all surrounded around the Jewish people because these is, this is money in the bank, money in the bank right now that you can see that everything that was predicted is happening to the Jewish people. And so I just, I I'm that, just concerned that, crazy. you know, other people see it as like a guidebook. They're also reading the Bible going, oh, okay, Jews are going to be hated and spread all over. Let's spread them out and hate them all over. Because everybody, people have access to the Bible. Just wanted a little heads up there. People have access. It's a, it's, it's a book you can find pretty readily. It's on Amazon. So I'm just saying, it's like, maybe if God hadn't said that, keep it a secret. Nobody In the ancient to know. world, it was not. It was not as, as accessible. It was okay. not as accessible. Fair enough. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? It's it like, oh, God, you might have wanted to kept it under wraps. But, <laughs> but what, what, what drew you to um to the Hasidic Jewry, Judaism in particular? Is it because that was like the Chabad Center brought you in initially in Seattle? That Those are who initially kind of helped you on your yeah, way? Yeah, I love, love them. No, it wasn't It wasn't that. I wish, I wish it would have been because uh, I love Chabad Hasidus, but it wasn't uh, Chabad that really brought me into it. I started learning Hasidut from Chabad because I was okay. really into Tanya. Love the Tanya from the Alter Rebbe, uh, which is a fantastic, fantastic safer. Um, however, what drew me in was... 
the whole way that I started doing my my testing of I wouldn't say testing of trying to find the truth was I started praying a lot. Like I was praying a lot. Like in seclusion by myself. I'm talking about two, three hours time. I was crying out wow. to God and I was spending uh, you know, like three days in a week, I was fasting. I wasn't eating. I was just trying to really find the truth. I'm seeing in the Bible. This is what they're doing. This is what works. So throughout that whole entire time, that's when I started having all these, I don't know what they say, revelations. Things started to come very, very clear for me. Um, a lot of clarity, which is very interesting because now they're showing that fasting also really helps you, mm. it helps you have some clarity. I like to eat. It's uh, a challenge for me. So uh, I, I can't and, relate uh, to you on that. I'm a snacker, but I'm with okay. you. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. So, so it's interesting. <laughs> so what's interesting is, is that Hasidic Judaism, um, specifically Breslov, the sect of Hasidic Judaism that, that I am. That's you are? Really, okay. really, yeah. Really, really, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, really, really, um, uh, pushes he 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 really wants to enforce this idea of personal prayer that this is the main thing that's going to connect you with god is the main way to find the truth is the main way to fix everything that you've ever done in your life this is the best therapy to make god just shrink and to go spend at least one hour with him alone from away from the rest of the world and this is going to help you fix every single problem you have and ever ever had right so like this is can you understand so for me coming into everything oh, i'm just coming in regular i'm in a safari safari synagogue i, I love okay. it there people very warm is safari because the ashkenazis like like too white like they're so white they're transparent is it too much and <laughs> sephardic's a little more like we got some north african jews right morocco libya algeria but Ashken like oh. polish jews too much too white too white i you know what i do think I'm laughing about it, but I do think that there is, and I, I know a lot of black converts, a lot. Right? Oh, do you? Okay. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very rare. I, I think what even makes me a Chiddush is the, is the Hasidish part because a lot of them do gravitate to, uh, you know, Sephardi, Temani, like something yeah. else, because it is, it is somewhat a little bit hard getting over that hunch of like, you know, I just... I, you know, I just left one white guy, you know what I'm saying? Now right. I'm going back to another, you know, so like it's hard for them in that type of way um, to 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 connect to to, yeah. to something Ashkenazi. And I think initially for us, it wasn't that. It was just the fact that the Sephardim were just, it was just warmer. I think the rabbi was much warmer than the other rabbi. And, and because of that, everybody else that was in the community was told us like, listen, you got to go Sephardic. Like it was not even a question. Everybody was like, right. Sephardic. Right. Well, Sephardic, it's more you know? of like that. Now, even yeah, Ashkenazi I mean, were telling us, North go be Sephardic. If I could be right. Sephardic, go be Sephardic. So that's that's what we were dealing with. <laughs> and and so Bre we Breslav, uh, was Breslav, uh, the Nachman dude, where was he from? Wasn't he from like Eastern Europe? Yeah, Rabbi Nachman was from Ukraine. He was Ashkenazi. Oh, Ukrainian uh, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm assuming... Now, I don't know if you experienced uh, racism growing up in Seattle or that wasn't kind of your primary. You were dealing, you were in a community and, you know, it wasn't as salient. I know, and this always surprised me, there is a lot of vitriol between the the secular Israeli Jews and Hasidic Jews, Orthodox Jews. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crap going on. Um, right. And you're also dealing with, within the Hasidic community, they're also kind of, I don't want to say racist, but like they're very like anybody different you know what i mean they, they can't even stand the same the other jews they don't consider them jews like there's a lot of extreme views that are problematic now you're coming in twofold what mm -hmm. was your experience like besides the welcoming people and your rebbe who i guess was your mentor 
mm-hmm. you feel that tension? Did you deal with any shit in that department? You know, and when you were in Israel, <laughs> were you like, I thought we were all Jews, but this is like, you know what I mean? These guys are less Jewish than the Christians I knew back in Seattle. You know what I mean? They're right. eating pork on Yom Kippur, barbecuing <laughs> pork on a green, you know, grass, little grassy triangle in the traffic circle, right? Like, so right. what was your reaction to all that? Um, it's very, very good. So a lot of it was a shock, um, you know, what you expect, right? What you expect just because uh, these are the things that you're indoctrinated to expect. You're, ex- you're, you're expecting to expect racism. Uh, when I initially entered my community, I did not experience that. So that was, that was debunked already. In the um, state, in the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah. So by then, then moving to, to Israel, I knew it was going to come up a little bit um just because uh, you know things the more and more you're in a community you know things um and spend a lot of time even east coast or whatever already is way different than seattle is right Mm. being in new york and then i think that the biggest shock was for me more than even experiencing the little bit i had i did have a little bit mostly my kids they are the ones that get it because kids are just cruel you know what kids I mean? These are assholes, man. I know. Kids <laughs> yeah, are assholes. They are. They're just, they're just cruel. And one of the biggest things is MV in the, we'll say in the secular world, there's a lot of emphasis uh, put on accepting people that are different. Like, that's like, you, you that may be the whole school curriculum. You know what I mean? Right, people right, right. know, at least by the time they're graduating kindergarten, you know what I mean, that I can't talk about somebody because of the different color that they are, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where... Uh, as a defense mechanism, people are always taught those differences coming from Hasidic communities because it's uh, some of it's out of fear, some of it's right, out of right, you know right. um, trying to protect you know, um, and so because of that, kids they just grow up just making these type of differences every five seconds. Doesn't matter what it is, you know, over here in these communities. So that's a big problem, and I think me being here and my children being here has made people go like, whoa, I've talked to rabbis, you know, after my kids been called right. out in their name and different things like that. And I'm just like, you know, and they're like, it's just like, we just never thought about it. Nobody just ever thought of that, that you were going to have to live in a world with other people that didn't look like, you know, the whole thing. First you had the Ethiopians, then you had, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You have yeah. the yeah. Sephardim and Ashkenazi meeting here and there. It's a, like, it was the whole thing is it's like, Okay, we weren't prepared for such a culture shock. We thought we were the only Jews. Everybody thought they were the right, only Jews. Right, right, right. So it becomes very, very hard for people to just like sort of realize, like, hold on, I can't be like this anymore. So um, we definitely have had those encounters, and I think it was tough for me, more more tough for my wife, because she grew up in Louisiana. She originally she grew up in Seattle, but she originally for the first few years of her life growing up was in Louisiana. So she was always taught, uh, you know, things a little bit different than I was. Right. So. Right. Did she so ever like be like, hard. fuck this, we're going back, we're going to New Orleans? <laughs> no, I walk no. out? No, okay. never. Never. She would never move back to New Orleans. She <laughs> loves Seattle. There, Seattle's so home for I hear you. So, but then my, then, then after dealing with that, the kids, it's like the other flip side, the Jews that were not religious, that were like super, super duper not religious. Yeah. Like that was more of a bigger shock for me mm-hmm. coming in because my my introduction to Jews, apart from the fact that I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, I grew right. up in Sewer Park, was Jewish neighborhood. The, oh, the is it a Jewish neighborhood? I converted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so where I converted there, I even went back, I converted there, everything. So I only knew what I seen people walking up to shul every, you know, right. on Saturdays right. and everything right. like that. So once I, once I start to learn about Judaism and Jew, I'm reading what's in the book. 
So every Jew was like, was like, was like a saint to me. Every single, I would see one in the, I, you know, you fall in love. It's like that initial, right now, evangelicals love, right, love right, you. Right. you. That's like, a, just like, oh my goodness, brother. You know? Yeah. Then you come love to Israel you. and you're like, I am not in love with the Israeli Jews anymore. <laughs> no, all that love is just gone. Now we're getting that divorce you talked about. <laughs> no, 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 it was just, it's just tough, you know, to see. It and tough. it's just sort of like, it's like this. I've always said it like this. When I see like, a, uh, you know, I would say secular Jews. And I think something's wrong with it. The problem is this. It's sort of like, you remember that first, have you ever seen the the Lord of the Rings? I haven't, I'm no, not I so privy on through, all of them. I get too them. confused. There's too many characters, too many people, too many characters. Yeah, okay, okay, weird. okay. Yeah. There's one character. I forget who it is. I'm sorry for all the people who are. Who are yeah, the who, Lord of the Rings people. It's Gandalf. Is that Lord of the Rings, of the Rings or is that Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't know. One of those creatures. <laughs> one of those things. So this, there was this one guy. I remember it from the first episode. And I'm not so so on the first one in the first yeah, yeah. first movie mm -hmm. at least that was a king but he didn't want to take up the crown but he's running with the rest of the other people but like you're the king and right. you're not right. going to like you take up the and that's I always looked at it it's like, it's just like do you realize like you what you are the whole world's depending on you so that's <laughs> why and, and because no i'm saying i'm really really yeah. looking at it from that from that standpoint as a bible believing person you look at the mission of the jewish people it's just like when you see one that's just like not like do you realize who you are like you're not understanding like you really wake up because the rest of the world say why you think evangelicals are spending all this money yeah they have all the other issues also but they realize that they read they reread they've seen everything and people are going like our whole entire fate is depending on these people and and they're hanging out in tel aviv eating <laughs> eating pork and like we're all waiting for the tikkun so and then turn around and scream anti-semitism because when we do something bad then the whole world goes crazy and i feel like that's the reason why it's because really even if they don't know how to voice it is because everybody's waiting on the fix and it's coming from the jewish people i believe that wholeheartedly well so, i got a couple things to say on on that my friend okay first okay, of go all ahead. i envy because my belief has fluctuated over the years and I, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, I'm more of an internal. I just try and figure out what works for me. And I kind of tap into, I think there's so many people in the world. Um, I'm very and, human, by the way. What's that? You sound very human, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, no, but I'm just saying like, I can't believe that there's one answer for everybody, right? There's many ways to climb the mountain. And I, you know, I right. look at like Indian and they're like, they got 14 different kinds of gods. And I, I always feel like it's a manifestation of the same idea where it's internal and you just have to find it in yourself. And I, the, the only thing I like, not only thing, but I like religion in terms of when it brings out the best in people and when it mm -hmm. minimizes divisiveness and when it, you know what I mean? And it really brings right. out when the mission is good to create harmony amongst people. The sad that, truth- By is, the way, yeah. politics doesn't do. Okay. No, politics doesn't do, but a lot of religious, you know, the, I think religion the problem is does. a lot of right. stuff, the edicts and religion, whether they're misinterpreted or interpreted, or I don't know how you say it, um the books that we have which again nobody really knows what book came from where and some certain people believe, believe this i mean even the jews argue amongst themselves about stuff right about rules right. and and how to manifest god in your daily life the fact that there's right. so many arguments just goes to show that there's no it's not like the laws of physics you know what i mean you know like we said it's faith there's there's some things that you have to kind of tap into yourself so mm -hmm. i believe that not everybody can have it wrong and only one people can have it right i feel like it's all just different ways to get to the same idea the problem is on the way everybody misinterprets and it brings out divisiveness and and crusades and whatever you know the different the other right you, mm -hmm. you tell people mm -hmm. the chosen and whether you know, blah 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 immediately if you're not the chosen you're gonna be like what the fuck, dude like what, what what's <laughs> up with that so obviously you're gonna create resentment from the get-go because you're not saying right. everybody's chosen you're like 
sorry guys, you know, you're going to have to stay out here. And, and I think that every religion does that. And that's uh -huh. a problem. You know, Jews aren't okay. even missionaries, right? Jews missionaries, they're like, you know what? If you're not Jewish, we're going to, eh, you know what? You're, yeah, just sorry. Sorry, buddy. You can stay. No. So, so that's a problem inherently in just how it's set up. I love it. You know, I love and I think that's that a question. problem and that, and that drives me crazy. I do envy religious people in terms of uh -huh. the meaning they have in life because a right. lot of times we struggle with suffering and I'm dealing with a lot of uh, uh, personal uh, stuff now and personal pain and loss. And, and I know mm -hmm. you dealt with loss and, and, you know, right. religious people are like, we don't understand the ways of God or there's right. meaning to everything. And everybody else is like, if there was a God, then we wouldn't be seeing kids dying of cancer. If there was a, you know, right. so it's that thing that I struggle with, like a lot of people mm -hmm. struggle with. And mm -hmm. so I envy people that just have the answer. You know what I mean? And everything that comes mm -hmm. to them, they really handle in a different way. So I understand the appeal because mm -hmm. that faith and spirituality, I think, is a very strong way to go through life in a, in a happier, you know what I mean, more meaningful way. You have right. inherent meaning built in, right? You got right. meaning built That's in. True. Built That's true. In. So I have something to do every Saturday. Never, every never Saturday you got your social circle. You know what I mean? You're walking, you're schlepping, you're not turning on lights, you're not on your iPad. But how do you, now, specifically, and you can, I'm happy if you relate to that too, but specifically with Judaism and the, the Orthodox Jews, I see problems on both sides, right? Absolutely. Um, and I Absolutely. definitely see the Orthodox Jews isolating themselves and kind of looking in disgust as, at the secular Jews. And mm -hmm. then I see the secular Jews um, that weren't raised in that environment that resent Hasidic Jews or Orthodox Jews, sorry, I don't want to specify, for a multitude of reasons, right? A multitude right, of right. reasons. And they feel like they're imposed, blah, blah, blah. Like you want to live and let live. But the, the saddest part of it all is that there's no harmony amongst right. the Jews. And I think that, you know, they should accept secular Jews and Orthodox Jews as, as Jews. Cause at the end of the day, God forbid, if Hitler's hanging out, he's not making that differentiation. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? That's, he's not yeah, going to be like, I, you eat That's pork, what I've always you're said. Okay. You know, that was a rap line of mine that oh, it really? doesn't matter what they are. Yeah, for sure. I said it, it wouldn't matter to a Nazi for sure. And, and I think that we should start looking at, and it doesn't matter when, you know, unfortunately, three three boys are kidnapped and, yeah. and, and murdered or, you know what I'm saying, our family, their house is broken into and all of them die except for the two year old. And the, and then the whole world is like, you know, the whole Jewish world is just like, oh, my goodness. what do we, it, It's like, why do we have to have these things to shock us, to make us realize, like, you know, like yeah. we're all one. So it is a big problem and it is a, it is a major, major issue. I lived on. I lived in Strauss, Meisheim, right outside Meisheim uh, Street. Um, Which is a very ultra-Orthodox neighborhood, Very, right? as, as ultra-Orthodox as you can get, this is this place. Um, so I lived right there and on the front line of the, of what we call the Hafganot, the demonstrations of, of the, you know, the nonstop fighting back against the government and secular mm -hmm. Jews and the, and, and, or they're fighting back against the, whatever the case, the, right. the, 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 the religious community. So I was there seeing this like almost every day. It was like, okay, five o'clock, here it comes. It goes, the bottles, here comes the, but it's, it's serious business. Right. Um, so it's not like it's something small. Uh, the problem is, is that I'm going to tell you what's absent, what I feel like is absent. And this is going to be like maybe a big shocker. And I'm saying this literally on both sides. Mm -hmm. God, like anybody ever thought about God? Like you could be so religious 
I'm telling you, I, I would say on average, and I'm not trying to say this, but I'm saying it's probably very high. The majority, overwhelming majority of us, even as religious Jews, wake up every single day. We go through all the motions, go pray, synagogue, go learn Torah, go, you know, to the mikvah, to the bathhouse. Right. We probably talk there more than we do at shul, <laughs> right? So anywhere else, like you, all these different things, you go through life, even the religious life, all right? We look at that in the second life. I don't know what people are doing, but I know they're just living life. And you could do all of those things and lay your head down at night and you never thought about God the whole entire time. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 one of the, 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 the reasons why I say that, like, when I say the rest of the world looks at Jews this way, and then you say the secular world, they're looking at the other Jews because, like, dude, you guys are like hypocrites. Like, it's, everything's about God. Like, but look at what you're doing to us. Look at what you. And then on the other side, it's like, you not know what you're supposed to. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy fight that from a person who's coming from the outside and then came into this or whatever, it's like as clear as day. There's a lot of conversations that need to happen around here. Very simple conversations that just need to be had. And nobody's willing to have them because everybody's got to show up because they're protecting. This person was raised to hate hate Jews that are that are religious, yeah. right? Yeah. And this person was hate to, to, to hate any person who's not from your neighborhood. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's no, it's all fear-based. And again, I think it's that bastardization it's of what... The main message, because again, I, I, I don't, I don't believe like in a specific God. You know what I mean? For me, God is inside, and for me, and I believe that even an atheist who does a good deed, it's it's powerful because he's doing it or she's doing it from themselves, not because God told them to do it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can give a, what do you call it, sadaka. You can give mm -hmm. that because you feel like it's the right thing to do, and you're doing it, or you can give it because God told you to do it. You're still doing mm -hmm. it. But, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of want to find that internal compass that leads you to good behavior and love and, and, and harmony. And I feel like most people that are parts of either extremist secular or extremist some sort of institutionalized religion, they lose sight of that. And then it becomes wow, like this dogma and they're missing the point. And I think that's been shown throughout history. Um, right. So it's your job, Nisim, to, uh, to fix all that. <laughs> And be the bridge. I'm on it. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of power there. So I know you got back into music, and mm -hmm. I'm assuming now you rap. You know, you're not rapping about bitches and hoes anymore. That's that's done. And now we're going into like Torah and Gomorrah. So right. you know, do you feel like you are in a lot of ways a bridge? Because obviously you're doing hip hop, which is cool, and comes from the secular space, and all these hip hop, you know, secular kids that are eating pork on Yum Kippur are coming to your shows. <laughs> But then you got some chassids coming too and hitching rides. What's happening? Right. I, I feel like there's, 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 you know, because um, amidst the fighting that we talked about, which is easier to always talk about the bad, um, there are some things, there are, there are, there are a lot of people where there's a lot of these kids who on the religious side looking at the kids who are not and just like, man, I sort of wish I can live my life like that. And on the flip side, you have a lot of kids who are not really religious looking on the other side going like, Man, there's things over there I wish, wish I had in my life, you know. Right. Um, so I generally think that probably the people I'm probably affecting the most. I wouldn't say that's my target audience because I don't I don't like to target anything, but I will say that those are the people that I encounter the most. I'm on on the tour where they're looking for something more or or, or a life that they that they as they have known it. Um, is lacking something, you know, mm -hmm. no matter if yeah. they're religious or no matter if they're not religious. And, and and so I think that that 
that sort of has helped to bridge some things like and the fact that I don't really um you know right now is the is the is the time it's the it's like everybody wants to know everybody's opinion about stuff cuz i just want to know if i could put you in my drawer or take you out of my drawer mm-hmm. based on what you think or what you believe or <laughs> like you know what i mean like everybody right. wants to know and i and and I, and it's hard for me cuz i do have a lot of opinions i'm jewish after all i have a lot of opinions <laughs> but the truth is, is that i don't feel that my opinions are so important not as important as my mission is you understand what i'm saying so and what like, do you see as your mission I, and what I see is my my mission is to is to elevate and to bring the light of God into the world. This this loving, uh, awesome light of God into this world. I want to I want to be able to bring healing. You know, I want to stop that that you know that fourteen year old kid who was bullied on face on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever mm-hmm. who's ready to take their life. That they're gonna hear Nissan Black song and they're gonna change the whole entire. They're gonna make the, make a different decision because of that. Um, so I feel like that's what I want. I want the music to be medicine for 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 the person's I soul. I love so that. So that's what I want, and regardless of where they came from. I don't care if the teenagers in the Jewish neighborhood or if they're not in the Jewish neighborhood. So I think that that's sort of like my mission in the world. That's what I want to do. That's that's what I feel very much. That's what I feel I was put here to do. So I think that that in itself is like a unifying thing in itself. Like, but I don't. At the same time, I don't want to like. For the sake of sake of unity, not not stand on principles that feel are true, right? right. So that's that's what I'm saying. So sort of like one of those wavering balances, like especially right now in 2022, it is hard, man. Oh my goodness! I mean, life's like, hard no matter how you slice it, right? And I think that right. it's so interesting to me to hear you speak. I'm assuming you. I mean, it sounds like the Bresla the Breslabim, uh, this particular sect. Uh, are more integrated into uh, society at large than some of those. Um, Satmars, I know, you know, there's some right. sects that are really isolated. Right. That there's a lot of bad shit going on in those communities that's problematic. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I know that and I've I've interviewed people uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, there are a lot of people that left that leave the the religion, especially I have a friend who left from Satmar and, and you know, mm-hmm. and didn't know science or, or math and anything mm-hmm. about the world. You know, he didn't even know women had a different anatomy until he, you know, he left and his sister left and she actually committed suicide because her kids stopped talking to her. Like it was a big story at the time. Mm-hmm. And so there's the, the, the horrors of, of living, feeling like you're imprisoned. And I think that mm-hmm. that's another problem that's not serving the Orthodox community. Cause I feel like that fear of being penetrated by evil forces of the secular world or whatever, you know, it, nobody likes to feel imprisoned and, and the desire to get out or you lose sight of what's important is a problem. That's why I love the Chabad's and it sounds like your community, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the Orthodox Jews in America, you know, they're more integrated. A lot of them, you know, interact and go to work. And, and right. so I feel like if a lot of the Orthodox Jews here were more integrated in Israel in society, uh, that would help. Um, right. you know, to get on a it, human level. There's a challenge. There's a challenge there because I, you need both. You need both. I'm going to tell you why. You know, I always tell people, they, they tell me, like, your story's so fantastic. It inspires me, like, to be more Jewish. I can't believe, like, you went through what you went through and all these other things. And I, and I flip that around and say, thank you and thank your grandparents and your grandparents' parents, right, for, for sticking to 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 the to the Judaism the Yiddish guy and being so strong, right. or else I wouldn't have had anything to come to. I you understand what that. I'm saying? Yeah. I would have never had anything to come to if the porch light wasn't on. So you need different. There were twelve tribes. 
right? Why the 12 tribes? They all had different missions in the way that they, the way that they moved throughout the desert had to be different, right? There were specific tribes that had to be in the back because they, they were, you know, watching right. for, for, for the enemies in the back and the front. So there, there, there are, as much as we talk about like, oh, there's all these different opinions, everybody's arguing and different things like that, because everybody does and everybody's looking. First off, we have a collective mission, I feel like. And then there's also, and I feel like I read, I mean, a lot of people feel like, but at the same time, there is an individual mission. And sometimes we are not looking at it um, as individuals. Like, so for me, I am an individual. Somebody, my, my, my learning partner, my Chavrusa, he told me, he, he's seen a quote on his way somewhere. He says, why, why spend your time trying to fit in when you were born to stand out, right? I love so that quote. I feel like that's, that. <laughs> yeah, I, like I was born to stand out, right? So even if I'm... I'm a part of a Hasidic community and I'm around a, like, but what does God want for me? You understand right. what I'm saying? And if we're not living like that, it's very, very tough. And when you grow up indoctrinated on any side, on either way, you understand yep. what I'm saying? A certain way, it's very, very hard for a person to get into the, to the atzmi, to the me, who, the individual. Exactly, I agree 100%. Well, that's a big problem. It, yeah. It's a big problem. I don't well, think like it's said, like a blanket statement. It. You didn't have to do it. You know what I exactly. mean? Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Judaism, in order for Judaism to, to propel and for it to and for it to continue to, to grow, I think, in a healthy way, it has to be you get to, not you have to. Because the moment right. that you have to, we're dealing with a generation that can't do you have to. Before the war, all those generations, they could do you have to. Right now, we're dealing with a different beast. People are different. People change over time. And the way that you speak to a person now is different. Like, you know, you, you look at the announcers, the old announcers, you know, right now, you could talk freely. But back in the day, everybody used to like have to speak from there going, hard, hard, and he's running down. Blah, blah, blah. And if you didn't do that, it was just like, you gotta get this guy off the radio. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. just like the, 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 you know, the aesthetics, the way the voice had it to, had to be, also the message was a different message back then. So today is like everything is like a, you get to, you know, as the world transforms, because the world in itself is, is teaching us. But you're right, there's horrible things going on in, in, in many different communities. And I'm not, uh, for sure, I'm not against, I, I, I have a lot of friends that are, that are Satmore. I have some people that had bad experiences and I see people going to the Satmore community. So well, that's it's like, the thing. I think that because thing. you lived life outside the community growing up, Mm -hmm. you you're filled with a lot of content and exposure and oxygen from different worlds you know what i mean right. so once you came right. in you don't have that sense of claustrophobia you know right. i see it even in people that live here israel's a tiny country for those that haven't been it's like the size of a walmart okay i don't think people realize how small <laughs> israel is it's like literally the size of a walmart true. <laughs> and it's just That's surrounded my, my... by like really sketchy you know you don't want to you don't want to go out the left exit you, can't even, right? you so, gotta watch what left right turn you make yeah listen, you can't you this, drive six minutes you said and you hit that. a border yeah so i was not on fun. the phone i was on the phone yesterday i just had to say i'm gonna want you to say this but yeah, i was yeah. on the phone yesterday with with united i was you know talking about you know right. flight or whatever premier status so i'm talking to them about my 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 flight and everything and they go okay so this flight uh is it going to be international i said this i'm in israel i'm thinking like come on <laughs> any flight i take is going to be international like i can't fly where else i got she start cracking up on the phone she says you're right you're oh right oh my you're god right. Like, oh, it's funny because these fly people i remember i booked a flight once i had to get from la to to israel and uh -huh. these people don't know geography. I'm like, you're working at a fucking airline. Like, open a map. You know what I mean? She said, I have a flight with a stop in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. I go, I'm going to fly to Malaysia on the way to Israel. Like, do you understand globally, like on planet Earth, like how this doesn't make sense? 
So it's that's crazy, really funny. But what was I talking about? Oh, so saying the oxygen from different neighborhoods, right? So you're able to enter right. this world without feeling claustrophobia. People that even have lived in this country that's so tiny that have never left, they're dying to leave. Like anytime you tell somebody in Israel, oh, I moved to they go, why'd you do that? There's a lot of, it's a complaining. It's, right, a, fetching, right, right. it's a fetching society. Nobody complains like the, the, the Israelis, right. nobody. I mean, Except Jews complain anyway, but Israeli Jews, because there's a lot to complain about. I mean, it's not right. fucking easy here, right? So, yeah. but it's like, people have this idea the grass is greener. And I'm like, yeah, America. I'm like, what, what? guys, there's problems everywhere. Like, I everywhere. don't understand, everywhere. you know, and then you don't know how good you have it here in a lot of ways. So right. just, you know, really is a perspective. So I think the power of you, you're able to be in this community. And I think everybody that are converts with mm -hmm. ease, because it right. really is a choice, but it's not only a choice. Like I said, you have that oxygen, like you're replenished, like you have a rich history that doesn't right, feel right. limited to you. And I think that right. a lot of these people that left, they were, mm -hmm. they were suffocating and they, you know, right. even if they had a good life, didn't have to be abused or, you know, or not no, like they just felt like I need to see that there's a world out there. How can I be so limited in my scope? And so the isolation, I think doesn't necessarily, I get the, the, the need to stay focused and study the book. I always tell that to Israelis that get pissed at me when I defend and I say, there's a reason there's good people. That's good thing. People are in the yeshiva all day because people <laughs> need to keep studying this shit or it's going to go away. You know what I mean? They're going to forget, like you're not studying it. You don't even have the cliff's notes. So it's good thing that some people are studying it. Um, right, but right, right. you know, on the other hand, um, they need to kind of mingle a little more mix mixers. Yeah. I think we need some, we, mixers. we have to figure out. And that's the biggest thing is how to get over that hump of, this lack of communication between the sides. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because people, people could get together for some other agenda. You know, when it's money, oh yeah, then we can we can talk. We, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, if it's as political as power, this gain or it. Oh yeah, we can find a way to to make it work. When it was just like my my everyday life, then we all like, and yeah. and, and 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 we don't understand how much we we need one another. There's so many different things that are needed. We actually need one another. There's not like a, one of those things where it's just like, we could keep going on this way. It's like, I, I think in order to be complete, there's many different elements that are going on inside of the secular world that are absolutely needed by, 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 by the, by the from Orthodox community right. and vice versa and vice versa. So there's a lot of different elements that we're not getting the best of everybody's stuff because we're so, we're so busy fighting, but it's, it's a big problem. It's, it's hard to find, find that balance. And like I said, right now, especially in the time where it's just like, everybody's hypersensitive, you know, yeah. it just only gotten worse. You know what I'm saying? Oh, much worse, week. much hypersensitive worse. about, about opinions. And it's just like, we need to be able to find some type of middle ground, but I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm hoping that music is, is, you know, it's the language of the soul. It's one of those I things. I think that so. And I think even if and you're comedy, not, comedy also, comedy. I mean, people like me are bringing or fixing the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a, I might not be a woman of God, but I'm doing God's work. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I feel you, like, I, I feel like people don't realize because again, God to me, it's just semantics. I, and I don't want to sound like a dirty hippie, but mm -hmm. I do, but if, if, the right God, the correct God, the, the God that I believe exists is, is, is mm -hmm. love and compassion mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that even if someone, like I said, um, secular or atheist mm -hmm. or anti-God, I don't care if they're manifesting love, they're manifesting God. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like if people recognize that they will believe that even the secular Jews, even if they're not going by certain rules or not mm -hmm. doing this and this, that, you know, you guys see as more important than they do. If they're doing the real core and love and, you know, and family and doing good for people, they're manifesting God. They're also doing God's work.
That's Absolutely. my belief. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the the people wouldn't wouldn't be um manifesting for sure not. That for sure they for sure they would be. I think the problem that we have is um is sort of like, you know, let's look at it this way. If you are if you are a hundred percent standing firm, you know what I'm saying, and something that you believe. And then something else comes from the outside to try to uh, to, to tamper or you feel that right. it's taking you away from that belief. You're going to respond differently because you believe in what you believe in so much, you know, and it's not those principles like most people. Let's t let's talk about most people that have. I don't know if you if you've ever done this, but like I, I've gone in the sense like I needed to hear near-death experiences. I just wanted to hear. It didn't matter if the Jewish... I've had a few, so I don't... I, 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 oh, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so I would love to hear your experience. But yeah. most people who have at least made it to um, the judgment form, not everybody makes it there, right? right. To where right. they're able to make it to this judgment form. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is up there. Most people, when they start to see their life, the thing that they're taken to task about the most, and I don't know what in which form this happened, is all it usually seems to be how they treated other people. That seems to be a big thing. Is like how they were treating other people. It seems mm -hmm. to be the things that's played back to them. That this this form like this is like the biggest thing, and it, it really is. We have a lot of rituals in Judaism. We have a lot of things that God that are of, of, of the utmost importance. You know how much how many times right. God right. says to keep Shabbat inside. Uh, absolutely, but He was willing to suspend this and willing to suspend our dwelling in the land or whatever because we weren't treating each other the right way. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, as yeah, much as, yeah. you see, these things are very, very important, very, very, um, very much so needed that the secular world has that a lot better, I think, than 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 the, the than the religious world. Now, however, the religious world definitely takes care of each other. It's a doctor and food drop. You've never right. seen so much chesed right. also in your life. I love when you bust uh, out the Yiddish man because you said uh, you went Sephardic. <laughs> now you're with the Ashkenazis. I'm like, did you grow ah, up in a shtetl? Can Hebrews, you tell me about Hebrews. the pogroms, man? Because I'm just feeling like you got the whole the thing Hebrews. going. The whole it's thing. The chesed. You got the chesed, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, you you know you have to do the, the you know kindness, but the, I think that these are the things, and, and yeah, conversation needs to be had. Definitely expressing God, but the main thing is is that so okay, let's have those conversations on a few different levels. Okay, let's let's get why. I think also too, and this is not a it's not a hit at them, but it's it's just really my truth is like most people become atheists because they have bad uh, bad um, experiences with religion. Right. Right. That's right. usually that's how atheism started. Somebody probably told, you know, when these Darwin or, or Dawkins or something, they can't come to the church or whatever because of the because they had a hat on. So I don't know who knows what, what happened, you know, and right. then right. afterwards, then we start trying to justify why we don't have to. Right. First, you know, I, I got, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Kanye, let's talk about oh, my, my Jewish lawyer did this on that. So I'm the right. real Jews. You're not the real Jews. We like, like, was really, were you the real Jew before? Well, he's also you had mentally ill. Experience? So, yeah. Okay, whatever the case yeah. is, it could be. But I'm saying that, you know, uh, I love to have a conversation with him still, though, because he seems oh. like a great. Oh, I'm not excusing <laughs> what he's saying as being mentally. I mean, there are a lot of mentally ill people that are not anti Semitic. The guy's a full blown, like, anti Semite. So, no. Not right. Yet. So, what I'm saying by that is, though, like, you, you you look at it and you're like, wow, you know what I'm saying? There's a there's a there's an opportunity to really to that we could have fixed things and the world would have been different 
had I not rejected somebody, had I not treated a person a certain way. But because I feel like that's really what it is. And then we can start having all those conversations and everybody could do therapy and we could all fix all these things. But a that's huge what support I think group, like a nine billion person support nine circle. billion person. I'm just saying holding hands. But then you have out. COVID, forget the holding hands. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. So um do you ever miss like when you're walking around at home, I'm going to take it back to the home for a minute, okay? Yeah. Um, when you guys fight, does your does your wife ever go, Damien? Or does she no. always go, Nissim? Does it ever harken back to the days of Damien? Or did you meet her after you became Nissim? Nah, no. My wife, my wife has, oh, she didn't call me Damien and you, for sure, over 10 years or something like that. I don't That's think, not that long. 10 years? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, maybe 10 years or something like that. Uh, but how yeah, long have she, you been a, a member of the, uh, the, the Orthodox? I've been, um, almost nine years. Almost nine years I've been, I, well, nine years, almost 10 years now has been since we've been officially Jewish, but we already live in a community three years before that, so before the conversion and different things Okay, like that, but so. so most of your, like, mega adult life, but not, yeah, me, not Most of my adult mega life. adult life, I've been, I started studying Judaism already at 20 years old. 20, okay, now do you ever so. dream, and in your dreams, are you your former self? No, thank you The only dream is a Hasidic Jew now? Yeah, it's true. Is I mean, everything well, in black and white, or suddenly you're wearing like a blue sweatshirt? <laughs> I never get to see myself in my dreams. I'm always me in my dreams. Okay. So, um, <laughs> that's very interesting. You know what? I I will tell you this, and this is probably a bit spooky. Okay. I mean, but... if we get disconnected, I'm going to send you a thing again. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> okay. One okay. more time. Okay. Uh, um, but I had a dream. I was about 17 years old. Me and my wife were already dating at this time. And um, so I had told her about it back then. I had a dream. And when I was hanging out, I wasn't so like super, this one not, uh, I wasn't in my re most religious stint, but I was still religious, I, whatever at right. that point. But I wasn't like, wasn't like I was going to church or anything. I wasn't involved. I was basically living just my secular life, whatever. And this is when I first really felt like I had a mission. I had a dream that I was like being interviewed or something like that. I don't know. It was like a 60 minutes or something like mm -hmm. that. And it was a very, very important interview. Now in the interview, I knew that I was representing God. I felt inside of the, of the, uh, inside of the interview, a very, very strong, heavy presence of God. And I was speaking about God. And I was also talking about my rap career at the time um, while I was having this interview. And people were listening and tuning into this interview all over the world. It was on time in Times Square. I remember seeing it. It was mm -hmm. in Times Square. It was everywhere in this interview. And people were listening to me talking about God. And inside of it, I was an ambassador for Hashem in the world. I, I seen this dream, it was clear as day. I remember I was 17 years old. I woke up out of my bed. I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I just started crying. I started crying, crying, crying. I had no idea why, why I was crying. Um, so I sort of, from that point on, I had had this in the back of my head as like, maybe this is my mission, but I just wasn't that interested in like being that devoted to God. You right. know what I'm saying? You're like, like you that's a little, I, mean? let's, I have a schedule. I have a schedule, <laughs> God. I, I got shit to do. Like, I, I don't want to devote, but on the weekends. Not, exactly. Right. But, right. but I, I remember for sure that I had a black suit on. Now, if I had anything in my head, all that I don't remember. Oh, Very interesting. But I had on a black suit when I had, when I was having this conversation. I, I would never forget it. Um, well, I actually did forget it. And then one time I was like doing this crazy meditation or whatever, and that dream came back to me. It was like, 
him. I was like, oh, oh wow. So, um, yeah, and I remember that, and my wife remembered when I had told her. So, we, you know, we had a lot of different things like that. You know, I feel like somewhat of that, that, that purpose in life, what it's helped for me, like, you know, you say the contrast, and it's not to keep picking on uh, people that don't believe in God or anything, but it's just, it's just the, the difference of, the, of, of it is, is that my comfort comes in knowing that I've had these type of experiences. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lived, so to speak, with me, with Hashem. I would, I've lived with God. So for me, I, I don't have... I would never debate a person about it because it's like me debating somebody like, you know, my mom, like my mom existed. Like I, I lived with her. We talked about like I grew yeah. up with my house. So that's how close my connection. But I that's feel amazing. With God. But I think that yeah. people that have belief and have faith, it's hard for them yeah. to wrap around someone who doesn't have faith, not having faith. I don't think it's a choice. Okay. It's like mm-hmm. height. Like either mm-hmm. you have faith or you don't, you can try and get closer don't. to something. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can start studying right. the Bible or Kabbalah or whatever. Let's say if you don't have faith and maybe it'll spark right. something in you, but that, that, cause you almost had like a vision, right? I find that with people right. that were not born into something and indoctrinated, it has to come as a vision or epiphany. I woke up one morning and I realized I didn't want to be married to this man anymore, whatever. You know right. what I mean? Like <laughs> something comes as knowledge, but if right. you don't have it, you can't acquire it. You know right. what I mean? I, so I think you I think can acquire like, it, but I think I think it's harder. Some of us are born with harder. different tendencies. I there mean, are some faith people, is even hard Rabbi to like, said, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's 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 true. Some people are born more prone to have faith, more prone. Even you know, saying it just is what it is. People are born with different type of. They gravitate to certain things different. Some people are more rationalist. I'm not. I, so I don't understand a rationalist, right? I don't understand them. I just right. don't. Well, I mean, it's like brain, brain. You know, I am. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I interviewed a mm-hmm. I interviewed a neuroscientist on my podcast. Right. And right. he's coming from a very scientific perspective of the brain, right? What areas right. of the brain? We have a we have a tendency to believe in something bigger than ourselves. There is an right. area in the brain that when you stimulate it, you feel like someone is watching over you. There's an area mm-hmm. of the brain that you literally mm-hmm. kind of stimulate. And so it's like I think that maybe some some people have that area of the brain is more activated than it is with others. Now again, I think mm-hmm. that if you want to go to Judaism and study, I know that you're not supposed to study Kabbalah in this way, but if it helps you live your life better or give you meaning, even if you don't, you know what I mean? I feel like there's many levels in a spectrum. And I think if there's more, to- oh, we're going to disconnect in a minute. God damn it. Um, if there's more tolerance for that, you know what I mean? And realize that mm-hmm. there's levels, right? And right. certain there's people levels. are functioning Definitely at this levels. level and this intensity. And, right. and other people are like, I, you know, I don't eat pork, but I drive and I have 64 lovers sue me you know what i mean like what but i'm still jewish so tell me uh you have this show how did this uh tv thing come about and tell me what's going on with you and you know i want to get you to tel aviv to perform with me so we gotta i'd love to figure that out because i'd love to do like a thing with you get you in tel aviv with all the secular heathens and see how we do see how we do I, 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 I even love my humans okay Um, tell me about this tv series how'd this come about Okay, so the TV series came about like people been um, after me for my for my story. I think like the first people to reach out was like Queen Latifah, and then there was another group of producers that produced that Netflix. And then I had a I had a deal briefly with a label right before Corona. We obviously had to uh, part our ways for many reasons, but you know Corona being one of them. Um, and they were also we were already involved in a in a um, in a documentary. Uh, of my life story with Leon Robinson. So um, 
through all of that, we're finally having all these different conversations, trying to figure out where we want to go. One thing fades, another thing fades. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sally Richardson reaches out, um, her and her team, um, and they have the overall deal with HBO. Okay. So they reached out to me about the story. And I, you know, the truth is, I'm be straight up. Like, I haven't watched or seen a movie, nothing like in like 10 years. Are you so, allowed like, to? It's not, yeah. I mean, technically, yeah, you're allowed to. There's a lot of people okay. that watch movies, you know? Um, and just for me personally, there's like, it's like the things where, you know, you can start arguing things in, in Judaism about what you're allowed and not allowed to do. But then there's the other things where it's just, it's more, Hashkaf, it's the way you look at the world, right? Okay. I look okay. at the world in a, in a way that I feel like movies distract me from my purpose in life. So I don't like to watch them. Um, so, and, and they take away a lot of time. They take a lot of, a lot of time away. So for me, I don't watch them. But, but it's not like I'm like, oh, movies are bad. I see movies have great messages and a lot of people have music. There's movies that inspired my whole entire life, even still to this day. Unfortunately, I'm still quoting lines from Friday and next Friday and different <laughs> things like that. But anyway, um, so, so I'm looking at it now, like, I'm going to go into Hollywood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Now? Like the antithesis <laughs> of everything you've worked to get away from. You're like, like right like, now, yeah. like, you know, so right. they, they reached out. Um, I said, Aaron, listen, you make the decision. I'm, I'm not paying attention. It was Sally. I watched a lot of her movies growing up, you know, um, and obviously she's a, she's been a wonderful actor and different mm -hmm. things like that in life. I didn't even know she was directing and, and, and producing films now. Um, and he told me, listen, we gotta, we gotta run with these guys. He's a better. So I really let my manager make the decision just cause I'm not as involved in, okay. um, in what's going on today. So, um, we decided to do it. We, we, we had a lot of meetings and going back and forth and pitching different areas in HBO and they wanted to do a dramedy, a drama comedy. And I felt like right. comedy was much more of the lane just because the more and more it has to be something that's serious and drama, then you have to like impose and leave opinions on people or make them see the world. Like right now, like everything's like a bit, like if we just laugh then we could all just get along, you know? Yeah, so that was sort that. of like the way for me, I, I, I know, no, I'm probably preaching to the choir there. No, no, so, so, you know, just because in, in, in anything that you do, you embellish things a little bit, right? Even at least a little bit when you're well, going yeah, you to create make a it story a or a series, right. you got to make it co co coherent and like, you know, the juicy parts by 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 my story and what could be embellished that would definitely make it relevant for today may not be it may be so far from accurate. It may be having me. I, I just don't want that the community is going to look bad or right. anything like right. that right. On, on things being embellished that right. just actually right. didn't happen to yeah. me. So therefore, I wanted to go with comedy because there's a lot of things that are funny about being black living in Israel and coming from the hood. Like that, yeah. the whole thing, already, it's already a I'll, I'll watch it, don't thing. worry. I mean, I've, yeah. I think it's fascinating, <laughs> sure. It's all about the execution you know? at the end of the day, but I think right. that, you know, and you're such an endearing, lovely character, but would mm -hmm. you be involved creatively in like the casting choices and the scripts and the storylines, yeah, or do you want to yeah, actually stay removed? Involved. No, I'm very, very involved. I okay. can't be removed. There's just too much on the line right here, right. you know what I'm saying? I, I still got, I got to keep my kids in school. So yeah. for sure, yeah. um, I, I definitely, I'm definitely involved. I'm 100% involved right now, and I hope it stays that way. I mean, that's the biggest challenge right now, right? So, like, 
the battles are, you know, between me and Moshe Kasher. Like he's looking at funny and I'm looking at moral, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Can I do this? this? You know, we got to find this edge. We're having this, uh, what we call Shakla Vitaria. We're going back and forth, (laughs) you know, like over the Gemara. It's a lot of that uh, going on. Now he can Um, relate to your story because he was, he was, was he Orthodox at some point? Yeah, his father was Satmir. Satmar, oh, wow. okay. his mother, I don't know if she was at one point, but I think she became secular. So he lived with the mother. And then during the summers, he had to like pretend to be a chassid and then he'd go back to his mother. So he's, he's already, he, you should, we should did a story on his life. Right. Yeah. That's so also fascinating. Itself. Yeah. And then now his brother is like a Chabad rabbi, which Satmar and, sec- and, and the Chabad. Oh, do like they this. clash? Oh, I didn't <laughs> I'm know saying, that. Yeah, like Rob, that that's know? another show, right? Satmar versus <laughs> exactly. Chabad. So, that's like uh, a Wrestling MMA. Right. Yeah. right, 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 right. Wow. So, you know, we all have our, our different worlds. So we're just we're just trying to come up with the best show, but I'm I'm definitely um very, very involved in all those things. I, I'm officially the executive producer of the of the show. Right. So now what happens if you make um a buttload of money, let's say, okay? Let's uh-huh. say you, you I don't know, your your album becomes another huge hit and you make a buttload of money on this T V series. Um mm-hmm. In terms of the money you make, is there pressure from the uh, Hasidic community to kind of share the wealth, or can you, you know, do you can you build a big house and have some bling in front, or you have to be like modest and you're just keeping it in the Cayman Islands? Like, what happens if, if one person in the community suddenly like makes a shitload of money? What happens? Uh, then you, you you are you're required not by the community, but you're required to give more. By God, that's what I feel okay. like. You know, absolutely, you have to give more, and and you have to, and, and then you get the opportunity. Like everybody always talks about, like, what if I'm man? I can't, if I was a billionaire, then I do this. But you know, the good part about like a person who doesn't have and then comes into it is like you get to really actually look around and see like what are the real needs of the community? What right. are the real needs? You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I, you know, for instance, how many struggling families are, and I, like I said, I know these, everything gets politicized. It's not political at all. It's social. This is a major economic problem issue in, in America. I was homeless with my family. I yeah. didn't have a different things like that. And we couldn't get certain benefits that my single, you know, sister-in-law got whatever, because, oh, you're a man or whatever. But I was having a tough time. Just give me a boost. I want to work. Right. I'm trying, I'm trying to work. Right. I don't want to be living off the system. So sometimes you see that there's actual needs that, you know, are judged a certain way um, that, 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 you you know, nobody wants to help because of the way that they have their worldview or whatever. So for me, I, I really feel like there's a lot of, of giving and a lot of things that I want to do actually is to really to, to bridge a lot of gaps that are not, that are not closed right now. I love it. I love it. Nissan Black, the Peace Foundation, the Nissan Black Recording <laughs> Studio, the Nissan Black School for black kids from Seattle who want to become Orthodox Jews. Like, let's funnel them in. We need that energy. I know Jews aren't missionaries, but you can do it. No one's going to stop you. You know what I mean? Just we, yeah, we're there, not man. missionaries, but we're missionaries. We got, we got a mission, you know? I feel well, like that. Good, but I'm just saying bring more people. Everybody, you know, now this whole shit show with Kanye West, you know, which is right. horrifying and and it is which I have not said anything about it yet until now. So no, which is just fine, nothing. which is good, nothing. because, again, what are we going to say? Like, you know, we're going to denounce and, you know, people are upset they're not speaking out enough. And there's there's all right. that. Right. And you see these just people don't like the bandwagon thing. It's just like when everybody goes crazy on something like I hate being like the guy. Also, me, too. Me, too. Right. You know what I know, I'm saying? But it's then like, it's like okay. what do you silence is violence. And I'm like, you know, okay, silence so, is violence. It's like, OK, it's like, you but know. it's, you know, it, it's it's scary and it's not, it's not it's not a shocker. So let's not you know what I mean? Like. Right, it took right, Adidas, right, right. what, like seven months to, to say, okay, maybe this is, maybe this is not the right thing to do. But it took him some time. But because, you know, but at the end of the day, um, 
I totally forgot I don't, But I don't say, agree though. with that, though. I will be honest. I don't agree with people losing business deals or being kicked off because they used the N-word or because they did that. Like, I still believe, like, in some type of freedom of speech, but I think that, like, people need to be, like, if they make a death threat or something like that, that's crazy. They shouldn't have said it. But they need to be, like, hawked by the FBI or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, but, like, I don't know. This was hate people, speech. I think it is a slippery slope. Let the it, people it decide to stop, stop, you know, uh, subscribing to the person, the individual, but like, no, I think there should yeah. be some consequence of note. I don't think, I, I don't really? know. I don't think, look, I think if you make a, a slur, I think that I only proved you know. this point. I think that only proved this point. I think that only if you, the banks start dropping and all this other stuff, see, it's controlled by the Jews. And that that yeah, like just starts ramping at, it up. At the end of the day, there is, <laughs> he is losing money. There is consequence to his actions. So whether people I, I go, oh, I see agree. the Jews run I the agree. banks, I'm like, they're thinking that anyway. So whoever thought right, that before right. is thinking that now. So at least Kanye's not making more ugly sneakers. I'm sorry, I know you said you wear them, but they are but ugly, those things. I mean, I don't understand his whole line. His whole line, I don't understand. He but does have is- a lot of ugly ones. I, 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 I would, I wouldn't ones that I, that I think are nice. But I thought somebody asked me, "It's like, could you, could you, do you, should, do you think you should stop wearing them?" I said, "Well, somebody's got to step on Yeezy, like so, you that's, know, see, so that's nobody a steps way on." Way to put it. That's very poetic. Let's all step <laughs> on Yeezy. I still listen to Michael Jackson. I'm grooving to Michael, so I'm sorry. Like, I can't. They're like, can you still enjoy his music? I'm like. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't really listen. To, I don't listen. I don't listen to so much music anyway. But they, I, I, yeah, it's been years since I've listened to Kanye. He was one of my favorite though. I'm was not gonna he? lie. He I don't know his work favorite. too much. I like Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Yeah, loved Do you like Kendrick? I loved, uh, Kendrick, no. Kendrick came after. I was for sure not listening to to modern. Oh, oh after. Okay, yeah. I guess yeah, it's I hard. You don't miss. So I know people. Okay, I won't even ask. Do you miss this? Do you miss that? I mean, I guess <laughs> it's hard. Why would you start thinking of stuff you miss? It only makes it harder. But. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it would if I started to actually contemplate it, but I don't. Yeah, know. it's like don't go down that road, right? It's like it's right. just a, if it's going to make it harder. Right. But when you're at home lounging and chilling with your wife and forty-seven children, what um, <laughs> are you wearing? Like a leisure suit, or are you wearing like what you're wearing now? Is there comfort wear? I'm at home. At home. I'm in my home studio. I'm at home. This is yeah, what you're wearing at home. Yeah. This is all day, like home. a white, crisp white shirt and the whole yeah, the whole shebang. Sure. For sure, for sure. Now you have to look at the benefits. Now look at this. I can go into my closet with the with the lights out, yeah, and I'm going to no come debate. away with You're the right. same outfit. No, you understand I'm just what saying. I'm saying? But it's is it comfortable? Do you have a comfy pair of of slacks for home, or just yeah, like you're wearing no, just the suit no, pants? No, I stay I stay calm. I listen. If it ain't comfortable, I'm not buying it anyway. You know? Okay. So okay. um, usually, unless it's like for a photo shoot or something, wardrobe, but generally, if it ain't comfortable, right. I'm not putting it on. I just like a soft so. textile, and I just feel like if you're wearing starchy stuff all day, you want the Hasidic, maybe this is a startup, but I feel like the Hasidic Jews, like, open a line of leisure wear, because people mm. need to be comfortable at home, too. If you're going to synagogue <laughs> or you're doing your, your schmutz, just to stick a word right. in there, if you're doing your stuff... <laughs> Um, but I feel like why not have a nice pair, you know, and you can still have, you still got your TT and your right. pay, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, right, 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 right. this is just I my, hate. my thought, my two cents. <laughs> I gotta think about um, it. so you're not on not, social not media, Yeezys, I imagine. but Neezys, Neezys, you tell it's the new line, Neezys. Neezys, Hasidic exactly. Word. Comfortable Hasidic world. Hasidic. You, you know what I mean? Hasidic. Cashmere, <laughs> cashmere shoe wear. You know what I mean? I don't know. Does your wife, um, uh, wear the wig or Sodmars don't do that? No, I'm not Satmar and Breslov. I mean, not Satmar. Um, Breslov don't do that. It's just a head covering. Loves, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. My wife just wears a head covering. She doesn't. She doesn't uh, go with the wigs. She just doesn't wear one. She doesn't. She doesn't feel like it's uh, it's it's her thing. Um, so she rather wear the uh, the headscarf. Okay. 
And how old yeah. is your oldest kid? My eldest kid, uh, she's 14. She started high school this year. Wow. Yeah. And it's a yeshiva high school, like separate boys and girls? Yeah, it's an all-girls school. It's all-girls school. She it's goes an all-girls school. And what yeah, would happen if in a couple of years or even in a year, your daughter came to you and said, Daddy, this lifestyle's not for me. I want to move to Tel Aviv and work as a barista and you know what I mean? I mean what would happen? You would you? You can't hold them back. Well, God forbid. Um, but God forbid. Uh... I'm sorry. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Let's put that God out there. God forbid. It's a very good but... question. It's a very good question. But you know, it, it's happened to other people. You just have to figure yeah. out how to manage. There are things happening, you know, every day with my kids living this life that I have to go ask somebody else. Hey, has this ever happened to you? Now my kids a teenager. I have to ask and different things like sorry, that. And you have to call. figure out. <laughs> yeah, huh? I'm with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you just would have to figure out how to how to adjust accordingly, you know. Um, Unfortunately, uh, 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 but unfortunately, like I'd be very honest, I wouldn't want that for them. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in life that that you don't really want. So uh, you just have to figure out how to how to adjust to those things. Um, but you're open-minded enough that you're not going to disown. Like some people literally cut their kids off. But you come from no, a different background. I don't, I, I don't. I come from a different background. I don't think you cut. I don't think you cut the kids off. But yeah. that's me also saying it, never having to, to having deal with it, experience it. Right. But the thing is also because of that. You see, a lot of things is why a lot of people, I think even, I don't want to go deep into that, why they sure. cut the kids off and stuff like that is because they have community pressures. I still don't have community pressures yeah. because, yeah. I, you know, there's some, like, I wouldn't, like, do stuff that I just can't do. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not about to right. just, like, come in, like, you know, we don't we do not do dogs in our community. Generally. I wouldn't buy okay. a dog. Like, yeah, I, I generally don't want a dog. But I'm just saying, like, just have pit bulls and rat rylers walking through. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain people who are just like, oh, I don't care. But, like, for me... I don't really have those type of community pressures to where it's like, oh, my kids, oh, man, they're out there doing things. Oh, that's embarrassing me. And then because I'm trying to put on a show or whatever, I already look different than everybody right. else. So yeah, I'm already you're that not guy. They're looking to, at like, you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I already look different than everybody else. So I don't have those type of pressures to where right. most people are like, oh, I got to cut off my kid because they're embarrassing me at the shul. Right. And the blah, blah, blah. So I don't I do not do that. So I, I think that there's a there's a certain um, there's a certain level of understanding that i may have um um i don't i don't want to test that but you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm just yeah. being honest uh honest okay. about it i mean i don't think just hanging out whatever i know i don't care if you if you consider yourself secular or different things like that or whatever i don't even care if you if you don't subscribe to religion you know anybody hanging out in tel aviv or any other viv or any other new york too much of it it can get tiring it doesn't matter it happens to people who are not religious uh, all the time you know <laughs> Um, Get some sleep. I'm, I'm gonna uh, do a little wrap up, but then don't 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 log off. I'm gonna stop the recording, but then I want to chat with you for like two minutes after. Um, okay. So I'm assuming you're not on social media, right? So nobody can follow you. They can go on your website to see when you're performing. Correct? Is there like a Nissan? No, I have, I, have a, I have a team. I have a team that runs my social media. Oh, you have a social media? Okay. For sure, for sure. Okay. You can't live today without social media. You have to have social media. <laughs> um, uh, and until everybody else closes their accounts, I'll have one. So, so I have, yeah, you know, I have a team of people that help me with the social media and, and, and every once in a while, if I need to do something or whatever, I will hop on. I just, I have to go somewhere to be able to do it and different things okay. like that, but yeah, for sure. All right. So follow Nissan black on social media. Um, yeah. good luck. I'm, I enjoy this conversation so much. I'd love to Likewise. come visit you in Jerusalem. 
Um, come on, I'll, come on. I'll wear the, I'm a the bit whole... shimish. Come on, I'm a few notches up. Oh, you're bet shimish. Is that like the like Beverly that. Hills of, of <laughs> Jerusalem? All right, I'm coming to bet shimish. I'm, I'm there. Um, as long as they accept me, I won't wear a tank top. I'll do the whole turtleneck thingamajig. Okay. Um, but I really amazing and amazing life story. And good luck with the, the TV show and, Thank uh, so and love and light and, and harmony and uh, oh, and a splash of color now and then, maybe just like oh, a man. scarf. You know what I mean? Just like oh, a man. red, just a pop, just some color pop. <laughs> oh man, oh man. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much, Nissan Black. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>